this is the second of my podcasts in the yoga atma series where i am exploring jnana yoga or the yoga of knowledge what is jnana yoga translated of course the word jnana means knowledge and yoga means union so basically this refers to the yoga of knowledge but what is the knowledge that jnana yoga deals with it is not everyday knowledge it's not the kind of knowledge that we use to catch a train or live every day but it's knowledge of another kind the knowledge relating to what the upanishads call brahman please note that the word is brahman and not brahmin as in the caste the nearest single equivalent word for brahman in english would be god but that is somewhat inadequate as we shall see to describe what brahman is the word god has many connotations especially for those who have been brought up in the abrahamic religious traditions that is christians muslims or jews and the idea of brahman is far removed from that brahman is not an anthropomorphic god nor is brahman a many limbed god nor does brahman dispense justice and brahman has nothing whatsoever to do with heaven or hell and there's no savior or prophet associated with brahman another important point of difference is that brahman is both the maker of the universe and the universe itself unlike in the other religious traditions where god is the maker of the universe and the universe is distinct from the entity known as god so we need to keep these differences in mind as we proceed in our exploration of jnana yoga and not imagine that we are going to learn about god once that is clearly understood what follows will be easier to understand the word yoga of course as most of my listeners will know refers to a union a coming together and in this context the context of jnana yoga what are the two entities or the multiple entities that come together if you have sensed what is coming then you will probably have realized that this yoga referred to in jnana yoga is the realization of the non difference between the energy that animates us and the energy that drives the universe and if you have sensed this you have already grasped the core of the issue at hand however it's one thing to intellectually kind of comprehend this possibility and it is another to constantly experience the truth of this insight in order to experience this truth we need to look into ourselves constantly attempting to deal with the question of who am i and how do we do this how do we proceed with this inquiry into ourselves most of us think that we know who we are we face no identity crisis when asked who you are you might answer for example that you are an engineer or that you are an indian or an american or a human being and so on all the answers that we come up with 
refer to our identification with the body or the mind. And the Upanishads constantly question our easy acceptance of this identification and offer a solution that is quite unlike any other. And the pursuit of this inquiry is difficult and demands great energy from us. But when we actually and deeply sense the falsity of our easy identification with the body and the mind, and the ways in which this identification has led to such sorrow in this world, the energy to inquire within springs up almost automatically. There is one other insight regarding Brahman and this is a fact that this is something that the Upanishads constantly proclaim and that is the idea that the only thing that is true is Brahman and the definition of truth or of Satya and therefore of Brahman that the Upanishads work on is this. It is that which is constantly present and that which is constantly eternally true and something that is not subject to change of any kind. This truth is also not something that the mind can grasp or hold on to and use in the every, everyday world because this truth, Brahman, is beyond the grasp of the mind. In listening to this podcast so far, you have been following the first of the three parts of the Vedic learning tradition, Stravana. There is, however, an art to such listening. If you have listened with attention, without letting your mind interfere with the action of listening, then there can be great benefits and opening to great possibilities. But if you are listening with your thoughts, looking to find arguments and loopholes, then there is no listening and sravana has not happened. The Sringeri Shankaracharya in a discourse recently talked about the quality of Sravana. He said that after one of his talks, a listener approached him and told him that his talk had been excellent and that he had felt very happy. Then the Acharya asked him what it was about the talk that had been so nice. He said that this Acharya had mentioned his grandson's name in the course of the talk and that was why he felt so happy. This was certainly not Shravana and it is difficult to imagine that any benefits could have accrued from the time spent listening to the Acharya. In the pursuit of Brahman, if one can call this inquiry a pursuit, whatever is false, and by false I mean that which is impermanent, keeping in mind the definition of Brahman as that which is eternally unchanging as satya so whatever is false has to be discarded disregarded this realization is the the result of reflection upon what has been said or manana the actual act of constantly giving up this whatever we conceive of as Brahman 
is termed as neti neti or not this not this the constant discarding of that which is false is nididhyasana or practice and is the key to the upanishadic way of discovery of the true nature of one's self